Hey, this is Derek Wooten. I'm lead pastor of AP Church here in Cincinnati, Ohio, where our desire is to make disciples and make a difference. Thank you so much for joining us through our podcast. We pray this message speaks life and encouragement into you and what God is doing in your life. Hope you enjoy it. As Back to School Sunday, this is a day that we set aside to bless over and pray over all of our kids and really everyone involved in education, homeschooling moms, faculty, teachers, anyone that's in, the, in, in education, we want to bless you, we want to pray over you. And how many of you know, though, we don't just want to do that once a year? Our kids need prayed over the other 364 days of the year. Yeah. You know, I've, I've challenged myself. I've, I've heard it from someone, and I took that on as a personal challenge. I don't want a day to go by that God does not hear me say my kids' names before the throne. I challenge you parents, grandparents, people you love, we need to be praying and declaring the promises of God over our children, do we not? Yes, so we're excited to do that at the end of this service. But before then, I get to share with you for a few minutes, and in honor of, well, you know what? I do have one thing I need to say real quick. We have a very exciting and special announcement coming. Is my slide up? Big, everybody say big. Big Big announcement coming on September 5th, and that's all I'm going to tell you except you don't want to miss it. You want to be here, if at all possible, in person, in-house. So you got that? Big announcement, September 5th. All right. So in honor of Back to School Sunday, what I'm going to talk about for a few minutes, I have entitled Book Smart. Everybody say Book Smart. Now, you will win a prize if you can guess which book we're going to talk about today before I get started. Don't say it out loud if you know it. Don't spoil it for everyone else. But we're talking about being book smart. How many of you would consider yourself to be book smart? Raise your hand. Don't be shy. Don't be humble. I saw a couple people. I completely agree with you. (laughs) Then the opposite side of that is, you know, we affectionately call street smart. How many of you consider yourself street smart? Oh, we got some street smart people. Let's go. Let's go to the street. Let's see how smart we are. Book smart, street smart, uh, wherever you find yourself, maybe in the middle somewhere. I, I, I like to land myself right in the middle. A little bit of book smart, a little bit of street smart, and a little unknown, but that's okay. Uh, Pastor Derek and I, we, we joke all the time. We observe in our children that they are very, very smart, and we know exactly who is book smart and who is street smart. It's very clear at this point. That could change, but as of right now, we know. Today I want to talk about book smart, street smart, and really the most important book in all of our lives. Cats out of the bag. We all need to be book smart. And with this book right here, what is it? You know it? The Bible. We all need to be book smart because this is the one book that we need to be digging into and digesting daily. This book right here, the time is coming. It's here. The world that we live in now It's no longer enough to put this on the shelf or the nightstand next to your bed, right? Or have the app on your phone, right? How many of you have the app? If you don't know, there's an app. You should get it. There's an app for that. Um, But that's not enough. And let's just be honest, having those things was never enough. It never did anything for us. But we're in a season now. You, me, those students, those children, 
where we've got to not just appreciate the Bible, we've got to activate the Word of God. We can't just, you know, put it on a display. We've got to pick it up and begin to digest it. Somebody say, I need the Word. Truth is, this book will make you street smart and book smart. This book will make you spiritual and successful. It's a worthy book. The words in it are life-giving, life-empowering, life-filling. You know, Brother Andrew read a, a line of that last email this morning before we prayed where it said, the fear of God cancels out all other fear. We just heard a message on that this past Sunday. Did, did that resonate with anyone? I'll tell him you said yes, because that was an excellent sermon. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen. That the fear of God cancels out every other fear. That it trumps every other fear. When we're walking in the fear of God, we don't have to be afraid. That's what they're experiencing right now in Afghanistan. Their fear for God, their honor, their reverence for him trumps every other fear. Wow making it very real. I know there are a lot of people battling fear in this season right now. And from what I hear from, from different folks, a lot of it has to do with our children and the next generation and the generations to come. People saying, I am scared for my kids. I'm worried about my children. I'm concerned for their future. Anybody felt any of that trying to creep in? Understandably, yes, that fear is starting to try to creep in. However, that fear for our kids, right along with every other fear, can be trumped by the fear of God and this word right here. Amen? And I will tell you this right here, right now. I am not afraid for my children. I am not afraid for my children. And I feel the weight of that as those words come out. I'm not scared for them for one reason and one reason alone, and it is this. This book right here, the Word of God, I know that my husband and I, we are putting the Word of God into our children. These words are a priority in our home, getting it to their, through their heads, which sometimes is a challenge, into their hearts, wish you could just shove it in, but you can't. They may not understand it all. They may not value it all. Let me be real with you. They don't appreciate it all. But one day, when the storms of life do come, this word that is hidden in their heart, the eternal truths that are tucked away will help them and empower them and give them the guidance and the strength and the comfort and the protection to stand. They need the word of God. They need it. Let's talk about when the storm comes. Or really rather the storm that's already here. It's not present tense anymore, is it? Our world is in an enormous storm more than ever before. It's changed in the past couple of years. It's a different life that we're living now than we lived even two years ago. So we need to talk about how are we going to stand? How are you going? How am I? And certainly, how are our children going to handle and stand during these storms? So I want to ask you to open up the Word of God or pull out that app. And let's turn to Matthew 7. Let's talk about it. 
How are we going to stand strong in this storm? Matthew 7, verse 24. Is anybody, did anybody grow up in Sunday school? Raise your hand real quick. Do you remember sword drills? That was when everybody had their Bibles because everybody carried a Bible then. And they would practice with the kids. They'd say, turn to Revelation 1-1. And then, you know, and we'd tear through them. Man, it was my life goal to win that game. I wanted that sucker so bad, that prize. It's a fun way to teach your kids the word. All right. Matthew 7, verse 24. Let's read that together. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them, who's speaking? Jesus. Everyone who hears his word and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the what? The rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house. Pounded. Have you ever felt pounded by life? Yet, it did not collapse because its foundation was on the... Verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house, and it collapsed, and it collapsed with a great crash. The house on the rock, what is the rock? It's the word of God. Jesus is the rock, not Dwayne Johnson. Let's get that clear now. He is not the rock. Jesus Christ is the rock. John 1, 14, he is the word made flesh who came and dwelt among us. Jesus is the rock. If you want to get closer to Jesus, read the word. Read the word of God. He is the word. So hear me. Our lives need to be word built and our hearts need to be word filled. Come on, somebody. Did I get an amen? Our hearts, our lives need to be word-built, and our hearts need to be word-filled. When our life is word-built and our hearts are word-filled, it does not mean that we escape all the hardships of life. That's not what it means. However, it does mean that we will know how to face them and how to walk through them the right way, the righteous way. The godly way. What will keep our children grounded? The word of God. What will guide their steps? The word of God. What will fill their thoughts and and their desires? The word of God. What will shape their, their thinking and their decisions? Say it with me. The word of God. The greatest transformational tool we can equip our children with today is the word of God. That's the greatest thing we can give them. Not a phone, though they may disagree. Not an iPad, not a screen, but the word of God. This is the greatest barrier. It's the greatest covering. It's the greatest protection you can provide for your children. Yes, lock the doors at night. Yes, strap them in with that seatbelt. Put a helmet on them. Do the knee pads if you want. Go all out. That's going to protect them for a moment. But what will protect them for a lifetime is the unchanging, enduring word of God. (laughs) 
we need to strap them up with the scriptures. We need to cover their minds with the word and fill their minds with the word. Jesus said it, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. The enduring word of God. There are a few things that are just fundamental for every believer's life and therefore should be fundamental for every Christian and Christian home. And let me just say this. You cannot have the word fundamental without the first three letters. What does it spell? Okay, so let's, we don't have to be all serious here. Fun, F-U-N, fun, fundamental. It does not have to be laborious, boring, or a burden. You don't have to sit them down, pull out your glasses, make them sit still and listen. You just listen to me, kid. Okay. It can be fun. There are so many resources today. They are literally a click away where you as a parent or even as an individual can learn and grow and be led into understanding more of Scripture. And in in your relationship with the Lord, it's very doable. Don't feel like it's impossible. There's so many resources today, and you can make it, you can make it fun. And parents, I'll say this. It's back to school Sunday, so we get a talking to, too. It's difficult to lead our children to places where we've never been. Um, I, this becomes real to me because we're, we're homeschooling. We're in our second year now. So I have a third and a first grader, and we are all good. Third grade, first grade, no problem. We're cruising. Math, history, grammar, I got this. However, there will come a day when they're going to have to study something that, number one, I haven't seen in many moons, or number two, I have never studied in my entire life. Now, I understand that nothing is impossible with God, but I also understand that's going to be a big challenge for me to try to teach my kids something that I've never learned, to lead them to a place I've never been. Are you following me here today? Parents, it's very difficult to lead our children spiritually to places that we've never even been. So what does that mean? Our walk with the Lord needs to be real. Our time in his word needs to be real. Remember, we never produce what we want. We reproduce what we are. So in a world of gray, our kids must be Man, this is so important. Our kids must be taught black and white. The letters on the page. Why? It matters. It matters so much. Their souls, their minds, their hearts. Building a strong foundation so that when the pounding comes, and it will come, they will be able to to be prepared, and they will be able to stand. A building without a strong foundation falls. A heart without a strong foundation falters. There is a difference between I think and I know. We agree with that? I want my children to know. You know, and if if you are blessed and have a child or children or grandchildren, 
you have been assigned to be their greatest teacher. Whether, whether you're in a pub, they're in public school, private school, homeschool, mom, dad, you are the greatest teacher in their life, especially when it comes to the things of God. Proverbs 22, 6, it says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will what? He will not depart from it. Training is daily. It's a daily thing. It's not just a once a week on Sunday we're going to be trained. How many weeks are in a year? That's like nothing. That won't train anyone. That wouldn't train me or you. But look at the promise connected with this instruction. Train up a child in the way he should go, and he will not depart from it. Whoa, that's all I need right there. Okay, I'm going to stand on this promise, and I'm going to activate this word in my children's life. What a promise. Two quick points on training our kids. Number one, how do we train them? We model the right things. We model the right things. Abraham Lincoln said, put it this way, there is but one way to train up a child in the way he should go, and that is to travel it yourself. Wise man. Someone else wrote, a good example is worth a thousand sermons. True. So what we do has much more impact on our children than what we lecture them on. So number one, model the right things. Number two, manage wisely. Manage wisely. What does that mean? Well, every child is unique. Every person, we have our own ways that we learn and we grow and think. And parents of children, even spiritual children, we need to be aware of the differences in those kids. You know, you may have one book smart that's going to sit down, open up the word, they're going to get it. And then you may have another one that's not quite so book smart. And they're going to sit down and open up the word and be like, I don't get it. And we're going to have to help manage them wisely, put something in their hands they can understand, talk it out with them, get a song, get a workbook. There's, again, like I said earlier, there are countless things to help teach and train, help us teach and train our kids in the next generation. And, and one of the things that, that I'm trying to explain to my kids now is it's okay if you don't understand it all. That's okay. Keep learning it. Keep hiding it in your heart. I don't understand it all. Let them know that. They may think you're Superwoman or Superman. Go ahead and pop that bubble now. <laughs> it's okay. I, I still to this day, when I sit down and I open up this Bible, I begin with, Holy Spirit, you are my teacher and my counselor. Teach me as I read. Show me what you want me to see. Help me grab a hold of the truth for me today. We should, can, and still do that. We don't just want to see it. We don't just want to hear it, but we need to grab a hold of it so we can activate it. You know, the Word of God, Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 6, 17, I think, it says that the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit, right? So if you think about it, every other piece of armor is for our defense. We got the helmet, breastplate, the belt, shoes, all that, shield. But the sword, that is, when we activate that, it's going to do damage. 
It's going to move us forward. We're going to take down the enemy with what? With the sword, with the word of God. And our kids need to be able to pick it up and defend themselves. This next generation needs to know. So what? When they're tempted to steal. Hmm. When they're tempted to lie. When they're being confronted with an atheistic worldview when they're battling lust, when they're being pulled down into depression, when they're experiencing bitterness and unforgiveness, when a tragedy happens, that's when it's critical to know verses like, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Or Hebrews 4 says the word of God is living and active. We need to know the word of God. They need to know it. The word of God contains and is our response to all of those things I just said and so much more. It's in the word. Somebody say it's in the word. Being book smart. And look at somebody tell them, say you're smart. Just make them feel good. It's good. Whichever smart you are, you are smart. Knowing what you believe, knowing why you believe it, And knowing how to share your belief. This is how we will make disciples and make a difference. That's the vision of this house, but I believe it's the heart of God. Go into all the world, make disciples, and make a difference. Right? How will we do that without knowing the word? And by the way, our first disciples are in our home. Now, I like to create scenarios in my mind as I'm learning something, so here you go. Come with me on this journey. Imagine if we brought a third or fourth grade student up here. We parked him right here in the front. Everybody waved. They smiled. Okay, you with me? Picturing it? That tall? It was my kid about this. Anyways, um, and we ask this child, young man, young lady, tell us what is two plus two? They'll probably chuckle because that is so easy. They're going to say, that's four. That's four. All right. So then, let's keep going. One adult from over here comes up, and another comes from here in the back. And one by one, they say, well, actually, actually, two plus two is five. And then the one comes up over here, and well, if you think about it, two plus two is five. And then another one comes up, and over and over, this kid, hopefully, is going to stand there and say, you guys are nuts. Two plus two is four. They're confident in that. It's not going to change to them, right? This is how confident our children need to be in what they know and what they believe about God and about who they are and who God is. It's got to be that firm. That no matter who is saying it, no matter what they're saying to them, no, God is real. And heaven and hell is real. And every soul will spend eternity in one of those places depending upon their relationship with Jesus Christ. That no matter who's saying it and how they're saying it, no, God made man and woman and did not forget a third option. That no matter what's being said, no, He's closer to me than a brother. That no, mat- no matter what, no, he's, 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 I can call upon him and he's 
present. This is the, the foundational things that they have to know. Core things without a doubt. No room for discussion. This is truth, and it cannot be changed. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training, training, training in righteousness. Romans 12.2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This word is what renews our minds. And we're never too young to start learning, and we're never too old. You can learn it through a song. You can, you know what? Even if, if you feel like, man, I'm behind on this, I know Genesis 1-1. You know, that's okay. Pick one verse every week. Write it down. Read it. Memorize it. Do that challenge. If you have kids or young people, do that with them. You know, tell them, hey, at the end of the week, if we all can say this scripture together, we'll go to graders. I don't know. That, that works with my kids. We, it's okay to, that's how we train. We work on it. We go over it. And then it begins to stick. You know, our family, we, we do that. We do a verse a week. And after they get 10, they get some sort of prize. And um, by the way, there's no shame in rewarding your children in certain circumstances. The father rewards us, doesn't he? He does. He does. Um, our verse this week is Proverbs 13:20, and I'm going to have to read it. But I know it, okay? I know it. So don't tell my kids I'm reading it. He who walks with the wise will be wise, but a friend of fools suffers harm. Okay, that's our verse this week. Why are my kids learning that? Well, because they're making decisions about their friends, and one day about who they date, one day who they marry, and they need to know if you want to be wise, you need to hang with the wise. And the friend of a fool suffers harm. You see how this works? So we filter our life choices through the knowledge that we have. And so the more the word of God in them or in us, the more that we are going to walk righteously and make good choices. Amen. Ephesians 6.4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and in the instruction of the Lord. We bring them up, discipline, instruction. This time of training and building a biblical foundation in your life, this isn't just for parents, in all of our lives, is something we will never regret, but we will regret not doing. You follow that? Well, you're never going to regret it, but there will come a time where you'll be like, oh, if I could go back. We want our kids to be knowers, not thinkers. They have to be knowers, not thinkers. Unstable thoughts, you know, the Bible kind of calls it double-mindedness. There's a verse about that. In James 1, it says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Unstable, unsure, foundation. When we don't know, that's what happens. We are unstable, and this doesn't have to be our story. This does not have to be your story, and it certainly doesn't have to be our kid's story. Because the Word of God is a firm foundation. It removes fear, instability, and doubt. You know, the best is when, uh, if you've been working with your kids some, and then they start to quote Scripture back, but they use it in their own way. Um, 
the other day, child one was mean to child two. And child, Angel, go ahead and come on up. Child two then was mean to child one. And then child one says, well, you know, the Bible says you do not return evil for evil. I was like, you've got a point there. However, it also says treat them the way you want to be treated. And then when we were on vacation this past July, um, we ended up encountering a very special and rude individual. And I was the one communicating at that point. So yada, yada, yada. We end up leaving. And I can tell that mommy just wasn't happy about that conversation. And they go, well, mom, you know, the word of God says to bless your enemies and pray for those that curse you. It's like, well, you are absolutely right. Let's pray. And so we prayed. We prayed. I meant it. You don't have to feel it to do it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. They're watching. Um, again, the other night, our daughter, she's six, and she was just sobbing in her bed when she's supposed to be sleeping. Like, Maddie, you okay? No. So I walk in. I'm like, you're six, not 13. Okay. So I walk in. And I said, what's wrong, honey? And she said, well, I just really miss that stray kitten that I saw the other day. I mean, just, I think that I just miss it. And I said, okay, well, you know what the Bible says? It says that, that God is close to the brokenhearted. So that pain and sadness you feel, God's extra, extra close right now. And you can give it to him, and he'll give you peace. And so I prayed her through that. And it's just the, the mundane days of life, things of life. Then that same scripture, man, I held on to that two years ago when my life changed and my oldest sister uh, passed away suddenly. God, you're close to the brokenhearted. Had I not had this foundation to fall on when that life crisis happened, I don't know where I would have been. I know what a great tool this has been in my life. It's saved my life. The words in it, Jesus has saved my life. And I have got to give that to my kids. I know what a comfort it has been to me. It's a security. And so, you know, it, it fills you with faith. There's a scripture that says, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This right here. So I will not fear for my life. I'm not going to fear for my kids. Fear is a liar. It's a thief. I don't have to be afraid because my foundation is in place. And it's secure because it is this. All other ground is sinking sand. So no matter what I hear on the news, no matter what happens, okay? Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. That's how we use the word. In closing, I'd like to do this. I'm gonna ask you to stand. I want you to grab your cell phone. If you have one with you, grab your cell phone. 
in a few seconds, I'm going to ask them to cut the lights in the room. This would be a good time to not leave and walk around. <laughs> just stay where you're at, please, for just a few, a few moments here. They're going to cut the lights off and just have your phone in your hand, okay? All right, we ready? Go ahead and cut those lights, please. This is as dark as it's going to get, but it's dark. It's dark. And if you think about it, the world, when it began, was darkness. And then the word of God. The word of God was spoken and light came. Our world is in spiritual darkness right now. And it's very difficult to see what is right, what is wrong, who to stand with, who to not stand with, what to do, where to go. But when we turn on a light, everybody turn your flashlight on. Turn that flashlight on if you have one. Here we go. Just a little bit of light. It's amazing how just a small amount of light will expel so much of that darkness. The light illuminates and shows the way. Now go ahead and point that down at your feet. The light illuminates. Now, Psalm 119, your word, look at your feet. Look at your feet while you're, see if you need a pedicure or not, okay. <laughs> Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Even if it is dark all around you, if you have the light of the word within you, you will be able to see your next step. You will be able to see there's a boundary here. There's a barrier here. I need to go left. I need to go right. I need to be still. The word is a light, a light to our path. Go ahead and turn those lights on, please. Serious question here. Would you ever send your child out into the dark without a light? No. We would never do that. Because it's dangerous. They could get hurt. Why would we do that for the most important part of who they are? Their soul, their spirit. We've got to give them and equip them with that light. I'm going to close with this scripture. 2 Timothy 3, Paul is talking here to his spiritual son. And I want you to listen to what he writes. He's talking about the dangers of the last days. Go ahead and put that up there, please. Okay, in my version, it says, um, you should know this, Timothy. So I want you to think, you should know this, my kids, Brennan. You should know this, Maddie. Put your child's name in there. You should know this, that in the last days there will be difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful. They will be proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends and be reckless, be puffed up with pride. They will love pleasure rather than God. Skip down to verse 13. 
This is what he's saying to his son. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true. For you know you can trust those who taught you. You've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. And they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. There is no time like the present to begin. There's no time like right now to gear it up. Educating our children and ourselves with this book right here. We all can be, we must be book smart. Filling ourselves with the God-breathed, life-empowered scripture, which is the word of God. There is a time coming where we're not going to have the cushion that we have, ladies and gentlemen. You're already starting to feel the press, the squeeze. What will we stand on when that's gone? What will we have? We will have this. And that means we will have everything that we need. 